Hey gang, welcome to the Wealthy Healthy Life Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Johnson. Here, we'll explore all the things from wellness to beauty to fashion. I'll be welcoming guests who are experts in their fields, sharing from my own experiences to bring you tangible advice and tips and tricks. I hope you stick along for the ride and enjoy the show. Today's guest is Sophie Nicholas. She is a financial feminist and a money management coach to women. I loved this conversation as I do feel like many women historically and still now are left out of the money or financial conversations, whether that's in your own home or just in society in general. I know for me, when I think of, you know, investing money or Wall Street or things like that, I always picture a man. And while I think there are women in that space and that it's, you know, more and more women are getting in that space, I still think that in general, women are left out of that conversation. So we talk a lot about that and about the why that is, but we also talk about money mindset and how important it is to understand kind of what your mentality around money is before you can ever really make financial changes. Sophie brings up a great point on how women are way more likely to be living paycheck to paycheck than a man. And I love the work she does because she really helps women sit down and understand where they're at mentally with money, what are their triggers around it, and then build a plan with budgeting and having some fun spending money alongside investing. So whether you're, you know, new to thinking about money or already pretty savvy in the space, I think there's something for for everyone in this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Okay, well, welcome, Sophie. So happy to have you on the podcast today. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, I am really excited about this conversation. Um, When I think about wellness and health, and I think when a lot of other people think about it, you know, initially you go to nutrition and exercise and things like that. But, you know, one of the things when I launched the podcast is I really wanted to encompass wellness and health as a whole. And I really think, you know, that includes all sorts of things. And one of those things is finances. And, I do think, you know, for women, we have been more insecure in that space than men. And so I'm really excited to just kind of hear about your journey and your background and kind of what led you to be so interested in, you know, the financial space and especially kind of gearing that towards women and working with women. So if you don't mind, before we dive in too far, sharing a little bit about your background and kind of, you know, how you got to do what you do with the listeners. Yeah, of course. Um, I couldn't agree more with you. I think that I'm I'm so passionate about this. This is something that I love to talk about. So my kind of journey with money started when I got a job at a investment firm. And this was a job where it was, I was in marketing. It was my job to kind of write articles about cryptocurrencies, about investings, 
things that are in a really simple way that everybody can understand. And so while I was doing my job at this investment firm, I kind of realized that while I'm looking out there for all this investing information, trying to make it easy to understand that there really is no easy to understand information out there. And I felt like there was such a big knowledge gap and nothing was really written or geared towards women. When I was looking at, okay, how can somebody explain to me, how does crypto work? How does Bitcoin work? How do investments work? Um, because I was learning for the first time as well. It was always kind of like from through the lens of an old white man speaking to other men who have money. So I really felt like there was this gap here that women were kind of left out of this conversation. And then through my work, I came across this statistic that really shocked me. And it was that women are five times more likely to be stuck in a paycheck to paycheck cycle than men. And this kind of was like, okay, well, this is why women aren't investing because if they're stuck in a paycheck cycle, then they're not even thinking about investing. So this is kind of when I decided I wanted to quit my job and start financial coaching for women. And I wanted to help them escape the paycheck cycle so that they can start investing. And now it's kind of my business has evolved into helping women build investment portfolio investment portfolios, helping them kind of build their confidence in that space as well, helping them with money mindset. And it's kind of like a really holistic financial approach. So they're like confident with their spending in just kind of all areas. And that's something that I've been doing for about three years now. And I really, really enjoy. That's awesome. No, I love that. And I think um, that statistic, while I haven't heard it is not surprising, you know, to me to hear that women are more likely to be living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. And I know that like for me growing up, we, we were, um, I mean, we did fine, you know, like with my parents, like we had money, we never had a ton of money, but I also remember, you know, my mom kind of always scrambling and being a bit of a hustler to make sure that we had money and made ends meet. And I think Mm -hmm. I didn't, like consciously think this, but I, you know, as an adult now looking back, I can think, I remember thinking, you know, I will never let myself be in a situation where I have to rely on somebody else for money, you know? And so, and I think so many times women kind of, unfortunately, we kind of fall into that trap, you know, the old way of thinking. And I mean, if this is something you are okay with and totally agree with, that's fine. But is like Mm -hmm. that the man takes care of the woman and the family but that a lot of times leaves you, you know, kind of stuck sometimes in a relationship that maybe you don't, or a situation that maybe you don't really want to be in because you're reliant on someone else yeah. to make ends meet. And so I love what you're doing because I just think it's important yeah. to just have the knowledge. What you want to do with it is up to you. If that's the lifestyle you want, I think there's mm. absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I know, ne- I remember, you know, thinking later, thinking I'm never going to feel like I can't leave a relationship or a marriage or whatever simply because I'm dependent upon this person for money. Do you see that a lot, you know, with clients that you've worked with? Yes, I do see it heading that way because it really does when you don't have financial knowledge, it opens up for financial abuse um, with your partner as well. If you're kind of having this put your head in the sand kind of approach where 
money makes you anxious. You don't want to think about money. You feel like you're bad with money. Everything that you get, you just spend it. This creates like this really harmful and anxious relationship with money. And so you give it to someone else to handle, but you know, this could open you up to like, yeah, financial abuse and not being completely independent and to know and to have knowledge about your finances is really truly being in your power. So even though it's kind of a taboo topic to talk about money and to talk about your salaries and how to make it work for you and things like that. This is really the stigma that I'm trying to break to help everybody have um, a healthy and or neutral relationship with money so that a lot of women feel anxious and stressed when they think about it. And I really don't want that because that turns into so many other problems. Um, so the money mindset like what we just described, that's kind of like where it stems from. A lot of women think that they're bad with money, but the reality is, is that you're not bad with money. You were just never taught with money. No one is born just being automatically good with money. It's just basically the patriarchy as well is kind of not really geared towards women with finances. And we don't really get a lot of education for women with finances as well. So you're suffering from that as well. And then also you feel like you're bad with money, so you don't want to look at it. So that's where kind of this all stems from. And this is something that I really want to change with women as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point um, that a lot of times the if you're nervous or anxious or you think that you're not good at it, the default mode is I just won't even look mm -hmm. at it, right? Like I just won't even look at my checking account. I yeah. won't look at the balances and... Um, to your yeah. point, you're just kind of putting off a problem that ultimately is still going to be there, you know, um, when you do look at it. Yeah. Where mm -hmm. do you think, I mean, do you think just in general, so much of the focus in education and even I think today, when you look at investment firms or think about Wall Street or whatever, you think of a, of a white man mm -hmm. for the most part, right? And so do you think it's just that women have been left out of these conversations? Um intentional or not, I don't know, but is that where a lot of the insecurity for women comes from, you think? Yeah, definitely. And I do think that to a certain point, it is intentional because at the end of the day, we do live in a patriarchy and that's just how it is. So that's why I say that knowing how to grow your wealth and knowing what to do with your money is to have so much power and that this knowledge is for you. It just has never been geared towards you before. And that's something that I never saw and that I wanted to be in the space was a woman teaching about investments or a woman teaching about how to handle your finances in a way that isn't like, oh, how can you kind of save on your grocery shopping or how can you can collect your coupons and go on, only look for things that are on sale. Like I didn't want to do these kind of cheap, tactics that are just to save your pennies. I wanted to empower women to think bigger of investing and growing your wealth, um, earning passive income, retiring a millionaire that we can think bigger than just saving our money because that's kind of all that's been left to us is, uh, you know, looking care, taking care of the household finances and saving your pennies away. So yeah, I do think that when women kind of are looking around online to see, okay, how can I figure this out for myself? How can I figure out about, how can I look at investments? How can I look at finances? All they see is people who don't look like them, um, who are older white men, I guess. Mm -hmm. And 
the information is only towards that kind of people who have money already, basically. So you feel like, okay, this isn't for me. I'm just going to give up. So that's something that I think is a big deterrent from women who want to learn about investing as well. No, I think that's a great point. And I think um, it, it makes it more relatable to hear it from a woman herself, right? Because to mm-hmm. your point, if it's a yeah. really educated, really wealthy, older male that's trying to tell me, well, what you need to do is just put 10% of your check back, you know, or whatever it is. You yeah, know, that's not really relatable. That's easy to say when you have a lot of money already, right? And some of that could be yeah. that you were just a really hard worker and you did great things. And some of that's generational wealth that's passed down too, you know? And mm-hmm. so um, what yeah. are then, if a woman comes to you and is like, you know, I feel like I'm not great with money. I feel like I don't have a lot of money mm-hmm. to invest or to save. What are some of the things that initially you look at or, or try to get them to look at doing? Right. Well, if someone's coming to me and they're saying that, oh, I don't feel like I'm very good with money and I don't have enough. I always, 99% of the time, it's not that they don't have enough. It's that they're not handling their money that they do have well. So this is just a lack of financial education. Again, it's never really their fault. They've just been trying so long on their own to try and figure it out. And they've kind of got themselves into a little, a worse pickle. So First of all, I would really look at um, what is their financial mindset about money? Are they kind of, like I said, avoiding money or are they kind of going on spending sprees often because they're in this kind of like screw it mentality, like nothing matters anymore. So the psychology of money is a lot more important than people think, because if somebody thinks they're bad with money and then they have a spending problem, they think that, oh, why don't I just stop spending? I should just stop spending money. But really it's the psychology behind money, which is making you spend, which is what is your spending trigger? Maybe your trigger is that, you know, you're feeling really low. You had a really bad day at work. So you go and buy something to make yourself feel better. Or maybe it's that you had a really great day at work and you want to like celebrate yourself. So you go and you splurge and you buy to keep the serotonin going. So you kind of have to look for the root of the cause behind the symptoms. And then once you solve that, everything else gets better. Once you find out what is the root cause of why you think you're bad at money Um, and like creating a budget and a strategy that is really specifically tailored towards you makes such a big difference because when you're kind of learning how to budget by yourself, maybe you download something off the internet for free or something, um, this budget doesn't really take into consideration what is your personal goals, what is your personal spending triggers, um, you know, your financial psychology as well. So when you have like a strategy that kind of takes all these things into consideration and it's fully made for you by somebody who really truly understands you, this makes such a big difference with like your financial journey. And you realize all my clients say this at the end, they actually do have a lot of money left over to invest. It was just kind of like, uh, misallocation of funds that was mm-hmm. the problem and a bad money mindset so that's really the first thing that I would do and like kind of take them on a journey and then by the end of the coaching program they're, they're saying that they're great with money and that's music, music to my ears that's what I always want to hear yeah now I think that makes a lot of sense and I think to your point the psychology behind money or just your mindset mm-hmm. towards it I don't think people realize you know just how influential that can be 
Um, because if you mm. think you don't have any money or you kind of come from a scarcity mindset or you don't think you're deserving of it or whatever it is, right? Even if that sounds kind of woo-woo or whatever to people, like there is truth behind that. And I also think a lot of yeah. times, however we grew up, you know, impacts how we feel about money as adults, even if we're not cognizant of that. Mm. Like if you grew up with not a lot of money or you heard your parents arguing over money or stressed about money, or you grew up with a ton of money and you don't have maybe some respect for the fact that you never had to worry about it, right? Like there's just so many things that play into it. So I really like the idea that your initial approach is like, hey, let's try to understand the psychology of, you know, why you are thinking the way you are about money. Because I think probably, and I'll let you speak to this, but if you don't uncover that and kind of address it, even if I give you a budget mm-hmm. and you're looking at stuff now, you might end up falling back into your old, old ways. Like, I mean, how many times have totally. people said, okay, it's the new year. I'm going to budget. We're going to do better. <laughs> but then you really don't, you know? And do you think that maybe yeah. it's because they just never address the, the mindset or psychology behind it in the first place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And sense. I think it's that they simply don't know how it's, it's not that, they are ignoring it. It's that no one taught them. It was really like, if you're not good with money, just get a budget. Like as if it was that easy, you know, people who are, have splurging problems or people with ADHD or people um, like neurodiverse people, um, you know, people who are in debt as well. Like that just, that advice is not working anymore. So people are trying to find a different solution. Um, And the solution is really understanding your past. Like you said, 100%, I agree. It's also the way that you grew up with money. You may have some generational financial trauma that is stepping in when you're spending or when you're going into credit card debt or when you're investing. That impacts how we are today as adults. So it's super important that you address that first before you move forward to any kind of saving strategy or any type of budgeting strategy. Because like you said, a Budget is kind of like a Band-Aid that you can just put over your finances. It's not going to work for longer than a month, basically. It's kind of like Mm -hmm. a a super strict diet. Super strict diets aren't really going to work long term, right? You're Eventually, it's not going to work if it's not built specifically for you, right? Right. Yeah, it's not sustainable, right, long term. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's say that you, you know, gotten someone – with a budget, you've really done the work on understanding where they're at, their, their understanding where they're at as well. Like from a mindset standpoint, they've got the budget, they're starting to understand, okay, I do have some extra money. Do you typically, um, you know, encourage them? And I'm sure it's different for different people, but like to invest some of the money to save it, you know, what are, do you, do they have kind of a little bit that they can do whatever they want with? Like, what are some of the things around, once they kind of are doing well mentally and with the budget that you start having them look at as mm-hmm. far as investing or growing their money. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's good to get the financial foundations down first. So you know where everything is going. The second part is kind of growing, going on to wealth growth. So this could be, um, asking for a pay rise at work. I help them get a pay rise as well, because this is another thing is that women aren't asking for pay rises enough. 
And so they're just kind of staying at the same salary level forever, even when they've been working there for so long and they're really good at their job. So this is something I also help, like will empower them to do as well. Um, mm -hmm. Saving strategies as well. But I'm a big believer of having a treat yourself fund that is set aside specifically for you, making sure that you're actually enjoying the money that you're working for. It's not really fun if you're just fully saving for something or fully investing and you only leave yourself a tiny bit to have like maybe a coffee in the morning or something. So I'm a big advocate of creating a treat yourself fund or a self-love fund and there you treat it like a savings account. Money goes into there every single month. And then this is your money that you can spend on anything that makes you feel good. Doesn't matter if it's a splurge or not. Like we as humans kind of need that outlet of splurging in mm -hmm. the serotonin. It's not necessarily a bad thing to splurge. It's just, um, it needs to be controlled. So we do that as well. And then the investing part, this is more like, I don't plan or I don't, uh, kind of give them in investment advice. It's more like I'll give you the education um, and then you create your own strategy based on the education. So it's kind of like that saying, teach a woman to fish and she'll be <laughs> fed for a lifetime. That's what I'm kind of aiming for is so you don't have to rely on a financial advisor to tell you, oh, this is going to help you grow your wealth. I want you to know going forward that you can rely on yourself to make good investment decisions and you know how to grow your portfolio based on your goals. So it's kind of like I'm setting them up to not rely on anyone ever again. So it's like long-term wealth growth and kind of like right. more long-term vision. Cause I think a lot of times people just kind of live month to month or paycheck to paycheck when they can't see ahead of them. So this is something that I like to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point on the, you know, long-term vision and, and kind of trying to figure out how to do some of the right. work yourself. And I mean, if you have a financial advisor, I think that's great. You know, that does cost yeah. money as well. So if you can um, mm -hmm. figure out some of it, I just think it can be really intimidating. I mean, I'll be honest about myself. Like, of course yeah. I have, or not of course, but I'm fortunate enough to have like retire stuff in retirement funds, 401k. I've, I've for most of my life worked for companies that do some level of matching that, um, so I've always, you know, participated, but uh, it is overwhelming to try to figure that out yourself. Like I, mm -hmm. you know, like if I were just trying to, let's say I didn't work for a company that had it and I was trying to develop that myself. I mean, it, it, it can be really intimidating, I think is the word I would use. Cause I just feel like I don't really yeah. know much about the, the stock market, you know, or like investing in that. So yeah. to have somebody kind of say, here are some resources you know, here are some tools that you can look at to educate yourself. Cause there's so many ways you can go. Yeah. There's the stock market, there's real estate, there's crypto now, right. you know, and it's a matter of, I guess, educating yourself, understanding what you feel comfortable with, and then, you know, kind of making decisions mm -hmm. from there. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, and I think that it's really great to have a financial advisor but not when you have no idea what they're doing and you have no idea mm -hmm. what they're saying to you. I think it's really good to have the knowledge. And so you know what you want and you're asking for what you want. So it's just kind of that financial empowerment so that you have the education up in here. And it's so important that we have 
education that is not completely boring, that is not completely dry, that is for you, that is an easy to understand terms that anyone can understand. I don't know why investing is such a, is filled with such technical words and jargon when it really doesn't need to be. It's so overly complicated. So that's another thing that I just want to make sure that everyone knows it's not as complicated as we think it is. And that's coming from someone who never thought they would be investing. I thought investing was a scam. I thought it was only for old white men. I didn't think it was for (laughs) someone like me. So (laughs) yeah, I, it's really good to have someone who uh, kind of breaks that it down for you as well. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. Like a kind of a common theme I'm hearing from you is really just having the knowledge and understanding of where your money's at and what it's doing, whether that is in a relationship, right. And even if the man or your partner is, is the one that kind of is over the finances, you still having visibility and understanding what that looks like, or if it's a financial advisor or whatever it is, right? You at least just understanding what are they doing with my money? Is it what I want? You know, is is it, you know, having visibility and an understanding and then you get to decide how, I guess, engaged you want to be in the process or not, but um, really just making sure that you're aware of what's going on. Yeah. And I like that. I mean, I think that's important. i I've know like in the past I've heard, you know, friends or acquaintances say, Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how much money we make. And that kind of blows my mind. Cause I'm Mm. like, don't you want to know though? Like, like, don't, I don't know. Like I just, it's fine if you're okay with that, I guess. But I've just always been like, I don't know. That's not my personality type. I'm like knowledge is power. At least want to know, (laughs) even if you're letting them have the control over it or whatever. But anyway, um, Okay, so uh, something I just uh, am interested in your take on, because you mentioned it early on, is the whole crypto uh, currency world. I personally Mm -hmm. haven't done anything in that space, but, you know, I know people that have. I know people that seem to be making or have, you know, made money on that. I know people that have lost a lot of money in that as well. So I'm just kind of curious your your just Mm -hmm. overall take on that realizing that, you know, you're not telling people to go do this or not do this, Mm -hmm. but just, you know, since you have more awareness of it. (laughs) Definitely. I think it's something that is not really understood yet um, by people, but I think as the years go on and we get more comfortable with it, we're kind of at the very, very beginning of cryptocurrency, basically. So um, I when I first started working for the investment firm, this was at like a fintech. So it was a crypto exchange. And this is where kind of I learned all about cryptocurrency. And yes, you can make a crazy amount of money with cryptocurrency, but you could also lose a lot. So this doesn't so much depend on what you invest in, but more so your risk tolerance, how much you're willing to put into investments, how safe you're being, um, how you're diversifying your funds. Like all these things need to be considered when you invest in anything, even if it's something that is quote unquote stable with like stocks or an ETF or something. With cryptocurrency, you need the same kind of mindset going in there thinking how much can I afford to lose and never investing more than you can afford to lose. And that's kind of the general rule that I have for any kind of investments that you make. But I think that uh, cryptocurrency is going to be like a very interesting space in the near future. And I can see that it's not going to stop anytime soon. It seems to just be kind of Mm -hmm. growing and becoming more and more um, 
like intelligent basically. So I'm really interested. I'm always keeping an eye on the space. I'm really interested to see where it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. And I'll be honest, I don't know a ton about it. I mean, I understand the concept, you know, but um, for me thus far, you know, my risk tolerance hasn't been to where I wanted to engage. But I have, I know people really like have really close people in my life that have. And, and, and like I said, you know, they, um, you know, some of them have lost and some of them have gained. And so, I mean, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but to your point, it's just a matter of knowing your risk tolerance and absolutely knowing kind of like if you're going to a casino or going to gamble, right? Like how much money am I willing to just, you know, walk away with leaving on the table. And if you're okay with that, then you're okay with it. You're not, you know, putting yourself in financial, uh, you know, a bad financial situation, I guess things don't go well. So, um, okay. Well, I, I know one of the things like personally that I kind of, I don't know if I want to say struggle with, but, um, maybe yeah is more like <laughs> impulse shopping or and especially now that everything mm-hmm. is at our fingertips right like so much instagram influence yeah. like oh my gosh i see this ad or this influencer has this or whatever and um i think that's great but i think it also kind of leads to mindless spending you know sometimes mm-hmm. and i'm just curious if you have you know and i think that I could be wrong, but I think it, that's more of a a woman thing, a female thing to to be kind of because you know mm-hmm. there's just so many there's makeup, there's clothes, there's a set you know there's just so many things for women yeah. to you know see or come across, and so just curious if you have any kind of tips or tricks on if you're someone that kind of falls into yeah. that trap of, of kind of spending spontaneously on stuff that maybe you yeah. don't even need. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is one of the biggest problems that my client comes to me with is that they have uncontrollable spending and they just don't know how to stop it. Sometimes I don't know where it comes from. Sometimes they go into debt or with zip pay or whatever it is. Um, and it creates like a lot of shame and guilt of you're not really able to reach out and talk to anybody about it, not even your friends, because it's kind of like a, a guilty thing. So you're totally right in the fact that it happens mostly towards women women are the most powerful market consumers in the whole world because everything is marketed towards women. Like you said, perfume, hair, makeup, shoes, clothes. Like if you walk into a mall, you'll see that all the products for women are at the front of the store and all the stuff for men are at the very back of the store. So not only that, but we are being marketed to now basically 24 seven. Whereas if you are scrolling on Instagram and you see a bag that you like like a ad for a bag you're going to get 10 more of those bags on your feed until you're like okay I should just buy it you know Mm -hmm. and you also just get like so many emails as well so it's really really difficult to not have a splurging problem these days when everything is at your fingertips so what I always start with is identifying what is your spending triggers kind of what I talked about before is what actually triggers you to impulse spend what is that thing so um, are you spending out of a place of lack basically there are three main spending triggers either it's on sale it's generational so something that you grew up with maybe um you watched your mother impulse splurge a lot and that's kind of been passed on down to you um something that happened in your family so sale generational or emotional so like i said if you're feeling really low and you use impulse spending as a way to make yourself feel better or something like that something like that so these are the three main spending triggers and once you identify them 
um, this is kind of like the first step to realizing what you can do to stop it. Once you kind of identify the problem, you start to see the steps forward. And this is kind of where we see, is this something that you truly value or is this something that your emotions are triggering you to feel? And this is when we either create a space for it in your budget. If there's something that you truly value and you're impulse spending, but it's just out of control, but you still want to, that in your life, then we create a space for it in your budget from a place of no guilt, making sure that you can afford it. Or if it's something that you are impulse spending on that you feel really guilty afterwards and you don't feel that good after buying it, then you know that it's something that you don't value and um, you replace it with something that you do. So that could be wealth growth. That could be, if you value financial freedom, that could be investments. It could be your savings account. It could be, if it's something that you value as travel, it could be saving for a travel fund. So it's really just kind of identifying them and replacing them with things that you do love. But the first step is always identifying what is your actual trigger to impulse spending. Because a lot of people don't are kind of spending and they don't really understand why. And that's what's creating this kind of like cycle and frustration. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a great point. And I definitely think like for me, it is probably uh, emotional, you know, like, I think I definitely, it'll be like, I'll be bored or I'm like, this will make me happy. Yeah. You know, like getting this package will make me happy. And I mean, a lot of the stuff I do want, but I have tried to get better at being like, like yesterday, for example, I saw this is totally random, but some influencer I follow on Instagram had posted these little organization bags, like for clothes, like you put your swimsuits mm-hmm. in the bag and then put them in your drawer. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. that is so good. And it was like $18 for 10. And I was like, that is nothing. That is so cheap. But I didn't end up buying it. And what really stopped me was yeah. that the shipping was almost as much as the product. If the shipping had been oh, free, I probably yeah. would have bought it if I'm being honest. But um. But then I thought about it and I was like, I don't, am I going to, I mean, I think it's great to be organized. Don't get me wrong. But I was just like, why am I even entertaining this? So I've tried to get better at being like, if I really want something and I'll, and I still want it four days later, five days, you know what I mean? Like a day in and day out, I'm still thinking about it. Then maybe I really want it. But is it that, or is it I'm bored, I'm scrolling, this popped up and it was cool. And I just, you know, thought I might might order it. So I'm trying to be more conscious of that. But I think that's a great point is just like knowing where it comes from and then maybe creating some level of space of, is this something I truly want? Like giving yourself time because most likely it's not going away, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's still going to, the organization bags are still there today if I want to go back and order them. Right. So uh, having some impulse control, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a good point because, um, I also create like having that space is good, but I also create for my clients a wish list. You can even do it for yourself in your notes. Um, you create a wish list and then write down everything that you feel like triggered to impulse spend. And then at the end of the week, you can review what was in your wish list. And then you can say, okay, this one I still want and this one I still want. And all the rest that you don't want anymore, you know that that was just an impulse and that wasn't something that you would have valued. But the things that you are like, okay, actually, I still want that after a week. Then you know that, okay, that's probably something that I want. And then you could, you know, add it into your budget. I love that. Yeah. And I've never thought about that, but that's a great idea, creating a list because then it also kind of prioritizes what is it you really want, you know, versus not. So Um, Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's a great idea. 
Okay, so let's dive into what it would look like to work with you. I mean, you've given us a great overview of kind of what you do with your clients, but let's say that somebody's listening to this mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, I want to I want to know more, like what kind of coaching or classes like on demand or live or all those sorts of things. Like, what does that look like with mm-hmm. you? Well, I have my signature program, which is Wealth Alignment Coaching, and this is a 12-week program so we're with each other for three months and this is kind of where I take you through this journey that I talked about of it starts with the money psychology spending triggers building your savings accounts um investments growing your wealth and so at the end of it you're like fully ready to go you've got strategies for wealth growth and um you've got investments and things money is working for you so that's kind of like my um, one-on-one private coaching. And then I also offer a one month coaching for women who are kind of like, oh, I kind of have some things down. I don't need the complete journey. I just kind of need to push in the right direction. And so we kind of focus, do like a really heavy focus month for that one month. And that is my wealth alignment month. And then I have my investing toolkit. And this is for women who are absolute beginners to investing. And they just want to know how can I actually get started? Explain it to me easy like I'm five and let's build an actual strategy and at the end of the toolkit it only takes at the end of like two hours you will be confident to be investing so this is like my kind of beginner's toolkit guide and then I have one more for women who are kind of they know the basics to investing and now they want to know how can they create like a profitable portfolio, how to get passive income, how to make it grow to six figures. This is my million dollar blueprint. And this is also a passive course as well that anybody can join. Um, So those are my two passive investing products for women who just like want to start investing and build their wealth. And then I've got my one-on-one coaching programs and this kind of um, a really high level accountability sessions and that's something that yeah you can apply for on my website okay great and what is your website and i will link it in the show notes but tell everyone you know like if they want to find you on instagram or your website or tiktok whatever the things are and i'll link them but go ahead and tell them where you're Mm -hmm. at sure so my instagram is at financial.feminist and my website is financialfeministcoach.com Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And like I said, I'll link those, but I like that. I like that you offer both, you know, hands-on one-on-one coaching that's kind of live and it can be really tailored, you know, to somebody if that's, if they want more handholding, but then also if someone maybe has some level of education, but they're wanting to expand, you've got the passive courses um, as well so that, you know, they can kind of do it on their own and, and, and fill in the blanks themselves because, everyone's different on like where they're at and what they want, what they're comfortable with. Yeah. Right. So, um, I think that's great. Anything else, you know, before we wrap yeah, up that you you'd so want to share that maybe we didn't cover or we didn't go over. I mean, I think you've shared so much great, uh, knowledge on the financial space, especially for women, but anything that, um, didn't ask or anything like that. Um, I just want to say that if you're listening to this, know that you are not bad with money. You have the potential to be great with money. And women are actually naturally great spenders, naturally great investors, um, you know, naturally great 
handler of the household finances. We do all these things really well naturally. The only thing that you're missing is the education basically that is tailored specifically for you. So um, know that I'm rooting for you and that financial knowledge is empowerment. And um, that's basically all I wanted to say. (laughs) No, I think that's great. I think that's so true. And it's great to know that there are women like you out there as a resource and, um, you know, kind of pushing for women to take ownership of education. Cause you're right. I mean, so much of it is just lack of confidence because there has been no education in this space. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of crazy in school, even that we aren't even taught to balance a checkbook, not that people actually, but you know what I mean? Like you're not even really taught those things growing up, which is a pretty key, a pretty key life um, experience to be able to balance money. But um, well, Sophie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been a joy to have you on. Um, I'll let everyone know where they can find you, like I said, in the show notes. And um, yeah, thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode. And if you did, please hit subscribe. Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram, asking any questions, leave a comment, and even share this episode with a friend who you think might like it as well. Until next time, guys, have a great day.